Amen. Uh, could we stand together this morning uh, to pray before we get in the word? Uh, and while you're standing, you, you listen especially well. Uh, this weekend, uh, we have our 40-hour prayer. This side is excited. This weekend, we have our 40-hour prayer. Amen. It's going to start Friday night at 6 p.m. and go till Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We had a lot of questions because there's people that are going to be in this that have joined our church and have not done this before. And so we actually had people coming up after service last week. How are we going to be here praying for 40 hours? And then they are actually concerned. Uh, you're going to sign up for a team. Our desire is that every person in our church signs up for a team, and your team will come for two shifts. And so there's going to be 10 teams. And accumulated together as a church, we're going to be praying for 40 hours. So we're starting at 6 p.m. on Friday. That's going to be our corporate time where it's all of us. And then our two-hour team start. You're going to sign up for a team and be a part of the 40-hour prayer. And then that Sunday at 10 a.m., we're going to have a combined service, and we're going to have our blessing service. So um, at that service, our senior pastor and our team, we pray for every single person here in our church. It's a special service. Pastor shares kind of the word that God has placed in his heart for this year and then we bless every person going into this year. You cannot miss that service, amen? So we had, we had so many testimonies last year, even, even uh, couples that could not have kids, and that was their need when they came up to pray, and they had kids this year. Um, and people in need for a job or business stuff or just wanting to pursue God and, and walk in their calling, whatever, whatever is in our heart, we, we believe for that together, we pray for it together, and we see it come to pass. In Jesus' name. Okay, so uh, please sign up for that 40-hour prayer this weekend. Don't miss out. This is the best way to start this year as we're going to pray and seek God, and God is going to meet us and answer us uh, in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for our church. We thank you so much for your, your presence in our life, your Holy Spirit here. We thank you for what you're doing, God, and we thank you for one another. We bless, God, every single person here and those watching us online, and we open up our heart to you, God. We don't want to get used to being here. It's a privilege, a privilege to be here, God, and what you have done for us is a miracle, God, that we can be here together as a church in your presence. We thank you so much that standing side by side, we are closer than brother or sister. We are washed by the same blood, and we are a part of your family, God. We thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. We ask that we would hear. We would hear you this morning. We would hear you speak to us this morning. We desire to hear you. And we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to be doing this morning. And we open up our heart to your word. Your word is the best preacher. We want your word to be to, to sound in our, to, in our life, to hear it and to receive it this morning. We thank you for the revelation of your word this morning as we listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, greet your neighbor one more time before you sit down. They really need it. They haven't seen you since last year. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. Okay, John 15. John 15 is, is going to be our main text that I want to read from. And I'm going to read, I'm, you know, if you haven't done your reading today, um, I'm going to read most of this chapter. And... I wanted to read some segments out of it, but I think it's going to be better to read the whole thing. Uh, before, before I read chapter 15 of John, 
Pastor Sergey shared last weekend, our senior pastor, last weekend, last Sunday, about what God has placed in his heart for our church and in going into this year. And I'm, I'm so thankful, first of all, uh, to be a part of this church. Um, this, this year is a special year for me. Um, it'll be 14 years since I got saved in this church. That's two sevens, yo. You know, and I'm gonna get really spiritual. I believe for greater things this year. And in fact, the greatest things uh, for my personal life, my family, that I'm gonna step into this year, that's what my, my, my wife and I are praying for, that God in a special way would draw us with his Holy Spirit, that we would come to know him in a greater way. Uh, last year was, we felt like a year of just constant opposition, and this year is gonna be a year of constant breakthrough. I don't know about you, but that's what, that's, what, that's what I'm declaring over my life, constant breakthrough in Jesus' name, claim it. And uh, in December, uh, I, was, I had to preach at our youth service, uh, and in that, kind of in that time, I had a really, just a really sharp, clear understanding of, of um, the topic of responsibility and just something that I was going through and something that I saw maybe as a huge lack in, the, in, our, gen, in, a, in, a, in our young generation of taking responsibility that God has given to us. And then pastor shares at the last weekend of December about responsibility and stepping into the responsibility that God has given us in this coming year. You know, we have a responsibility to walk worthy of the calling that we received. We have a responsibility to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility in this day and age to be the light and the salt. And when God created Adam, and this is what we talked about at that youth service, when God, God created Adam, it says he formed him, he breathed life, to, life into him, and he placed him in the garden, and he gave him the responsibility of tending and watching over it. Soon as God formed man and placed him in the garden, he gave him responsibility to tend and watch over it. And what I want to talk about this morning, kind of on, in the topic of responsibility, is abiding in him. It is my responsibility, and Jesus is going to talk about this in John 15, of learning how to abide in him. And this is what Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a, bran like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings, me, this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. 
Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friend if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confine in his slaves. Now you are my friends because I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Tell your neighbor, lasting fruit. Not fruit that's just in it for a season or fruit that is just for this year. Everlasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember, it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in the scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from beginning of my ministry. A lot, there's a lot here that we can, you know, kind of like a lot of different topics, a lot of different sermons. Jesus is talking about remaining in him. I, well, I'm just taking my time. I really want to be careful with what I say. I saw this issue in my life where I would receive so much here at church, whether it was a conference or a powerful service or 40-hour prayer, for example. And when, when being here with other believers and someone sharing the word, our worship team is here, or you know, you're around people that are praying, that are hungry for God. And you find, I would find myself receiving so much, and then maybe going back, when going back into my life or to my life routine, it's almost like, it's like I came off the cloud or I came off of this you know, spiritual encounter or spiritual, uh, I don't wanna call it spiritual hype, but just a spiritual moment that I had of receiving something and then going back into life. And as soon as I go back to Monday, it's like it just took one thing to like knock me out of where I was and get me back into like this off, off rhythm and, and not being there mentally, not being in faith, kind of disappointed about where I am or how things are going in my life. And I would see kind of a repetitive course in my life of 
having these moments with God, but then it, it would take just one small thing in life that, would, I, that I felt like knocked me out of that place I was in. And now I'm, I'm like battling, it almost felt like I'm constantly fighting for the things of God and fighting against my flesh or fighting against temptation. And it's like this pulling, of, pulling me back and forth. I don't know if anybody can relate, maybe just me and I'm crazy. And Jesus in this chapter is talking about learning how to abide in him. And he goes as far as to say that if you don't abide in me, you in fact can't do anything. You can, like, you can do stuff, but you really can't do much or nothing at all without me. And I think the difference here is we can do stuff for him, even for him. We can do stuff for his name. But if we're not abiding in him and doing it for him in that manner, Jesus says, that which you do, it will not be fruit that remains. And what ends up happening is you're doing things for God, you're doing things maybe for those around you, but if you're not learning how to abide in him, those things that you're doing, they bring you like, like a little bit of satisfaction, but you can get knocked out so quickly the next thing that goes wrong in your life, and all of a sudden, the fruit of the, the joy of the fruit of what you experienced or received, now you're not experiencing, and that's what Jesus is explaining. He's saying, you can have fruits, but I want you to have fruits that will remain. And there's a difference. He says, if you abide in me, the fruits you will produce, they will remain. Know what this means? This means you experience joy here, and when you go to your house and you experience hardship, you still can have joy in your hardship. It's when you're serving someone here and you, were, you, 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 you experience the pleasure of like serving someone and like doing something nice for someone, and you go and someone does something bad to you, but it doesn't take away the pleasure of still doing something good for somebody else. How we know that we're not abiding is that it takes one little thing and what you received is gone all of a sudden. And it's not that, it's not that what you received wasn't legitimate, it's that you're just not remaining in what you received. And more specifically, it's that we're not remaining in him. Now think, remember this story in Mark chapter four, just if you, if you want to turn there really quick, I'm gonna just read this and we're gonna keep talking. Mark chapter four, it says, Jesus like sends them across the, across the sea and he says, we're gonna go to the other side and then look what in 37 happens. In 37, but soon a fierce storm came, high, wave, high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, when we look at the modern church today and how like we've been used to church and how we do church, and you look at the church in Acts, one of the, one of the differences that I see personally is it's almost like in Acts, church wasn't a place they visited. Church wasn't just a, 
you know, in that time, a Saturday gathering or a Sunday gathering, it, just, it became a part, it became, it became their life, I want to say. And we see them not just gathering once a week and then kind of doing whatever they want and then again gathering the next week and then doing whatever they want and then gathering the next week. What we see in the life of the church in the beginning is this. They were gathering every day. Now, I'm not saying we have to gather every day, but I'm gonna make a point. In the first church, the spiritual life of the church, I wanna say, or the worship encounters of the church, the messages of the church, what, what, the, what God was doing miraculously in the church, it wasn't happening in one specific place. It was happening in their life. I think where we have gone wrong and maybe where I, where I, no, for sure where I went wrong and what we've kind of created with the church is we have a place that we come to where we know we will be encountered by God, we'll be able to have worship experiences, we'll hear a message, we'll pray, we'll, 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 we'll spiritually receive something. And in fact, much of our spiritual growth is simply connected to and only connected to sometimes what happens in the, in the church. And so we, we have raised, we have raised, I'm just, I'm just, just hear me out. We have raised maybe a generation that is now in their mind subconsciously convinced that it's in a church gathering where we worship God, encounter God, we pray, we fast together, we seek God. And when you try to bring this into someone's home, it's weird. When you're hanging out with your friends and you're like, hey, what if before we hang out and have food, what if we just spend some time in prayer and you can just see on people's faces that it's awkward for them right now to step into prayer because in their mind, this is the time to have fun and in their mind on Sunday is when I do God stuff. I don't know. See, what happened in this story is that Jesus was on the boat, but they weren't remaining in him. It's because he now was at the bottom of the boat when before this, he's at the top of the mountain preaching. And what we've done is we've created top of the mountain services on Sunday, but Jesus at the bottom of the boat Monday through Saturday. And when, when Monday hits and it's one thing that goes wrong, it's enough to knock me out of what I received on Sunday. And now I think God is not for me. I don't know where he is. I'm not, I don't have a word from him. I don't know what to do with my life. No, but nobody likes me. I don't know what my calling is. I'm afraid. What if I get sick? And it just took one thing. We got a video the media team prepared. Could you just, one of the videos up here, can you tell me it's ready? Can you tell me it's ready so I'm not looking back and forth? Jesus is at the bottom of the boat and a storm hits their boat. And they go screaming. Where is he? Does he even... Remember what the disciples said when he came to him. Do you even care about us? And this is what we do. When we, when we just have these, these Jesus moments on Sunday, but we're not learning how to abide in him, it takes one thing for us to say to God, God, do you care about me? Do you see what I'm going through? But Jesus said, my, what I did and what I accomplished was not for you to come to me one time, was for you to learn how to abide in me, not visit me, remain in me, not fight to get, look, and look the word he uses. He uses the word abide. 
To abide is to remain where you already are. I'm not fighting to get in him. I'm in him and I need to learn how to remain in him. I'm not trying to get his approval. He's got, a, he already approved me because of his son, Jesus. I'm not trying to fight to please him. Jesus pleased him and I accepted Jesus. Are you here? I'm not fighting to prove something to my pastor or my leader or my friends. I have been approved by God because I received Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I've been washed with his blood. I've been forgiven of my sin. I've been redeemed, justified, reconciled, restored. I am his. And what I need to learn how to do is not fight to be in this place. It's just to learn how to remain in this place, how to abide in this place. He already paid for it. He already accomplished it. And he's telling me, don't visit me. Abide in me. Don't try to seek approval from me. I've approved you. Learn how to remain in me. Learn how to remain in me. Is it ready? Come on. Volume, please. Hello. That's my, that's my kid. Hello. Hello. Okay, you ready for this? I have another one. Watch this. They're both mine. Hello. Okay, now right here, I just turn the video off because she's gonna start crying. I turn it off, turn it off, hurry up, turn it off, yep. So, uh, moments, moments before this, you know, you know, do you know when this happened? Can somebody guess? This morning. This morning, uh, so we, we remodeled the lower part of our house because we needed another bedroom when we found, when we found out we're having kids. Uh, well, twins, sorry. We found out we're having twins and I'm like, we're not gonna fit. So thank God I didn't have to build a new house, I just had to remodel the one that we have. And we had to add another kid's bedroom. And what Anastasia and George, my oldest, what they love to do, um, and we're praying for them, is every night they come to our bed. Every single night. Young people have no idea what this means. When you are disrupted by an animal in your, in your bed every night, and this thing kicks you and bites you and puts its feet on you, and it smells, and it takes, I, I'm blown away we upgraded to a king-size bed and I feel like I have a twin-size bed because I sleep on the end like a slave and my kids sleep like superstars, literally, all over the bed. My wife and I are on both ends. And so they do this every single night to me. But the good thing is I, because of that, got a prayer room. I don't have a prayer room, I just kinda pray wherever I can, like wherever I can hide from my kids, I pray. Um, and I, I have a, if the worship team can come up, I have a prayer room in the kids' bedroom that we just built because the kids go at night to sleep with my wife or us and while they're there I get up earlier and I'm, that's kind of my prayer room and then across the hall is my baby, our, our, our nursery, like our baby's room where our twins are. This morning when I got up to pray, I'm in my empty kids' room and I'm trying to pray and across the hallway where those two beautiful children are is constant screaming and crying. And you should have saw me with a smile on my face, storming into my kid's little room and putting a pacifier in their little mouths, 
for the 12th time for them to be quiet maybe for 10 minutes so I can go in the room and pray. And I literally had to walk, I literally one time walked out of this room and I'm like, I looked up, I'm like, God, 10 minutes. You made these things. 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and I just, just, I need to focus, take some notes, get ready for this morning. And I'm running back and forth. I have, a, I have a prayer room, and then I have life happening. And life happening is keeping me from praying. Or maybe that's what church today has done. Is I have Sunday, and I have Monday. I have Jesus to sing about, but I don't know how to abide in, him, abide in him Monday through Saturday. I have spiritual stuff I do. I have my stuff I do. That's when I can help somebody and this is when I help myself. You know, what I end up having to do is I grab my phone with my music playing and I took it out of this room with my Bible and I walked into my kid's room and I put my music on my kid's little table and I put my Bible there, and there in life I began to pray. And my kids got quiet, thank God, just for a little bit. Every time I look at them, they laugh at me. I don't know what's so funny. So I look at them and they start laughing. I'm like, thanks, you know, I'm really encouraged and full of faith, like we say. And I turn my music on and I begin to pray in that room. My desire for all of us this year is that we don't need another pandemic or another issue to happen or another thing to go wrong for us to learn. That we need Him in everything that we do. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired in a good way. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of just having Jesus in certain parts of our life but not involving him everywhere. Not learning how to abide in him when I'm raising my kids. You know, one of the, one of the things I wanted to title this message was prayer and diapers. Uh, it, just, it just came to me this morning, prayer and diapers, because I had to change their diapers and pray. Don't separate the spiritual things that God has for you because they're not just these spiritual things, they're your life. To seek God is our life. To read his word is our life. That's not what we do because we're religious, it's our life. He gave us his word, he gave us himself, he gave us his presence. To pursue Jesus is our life. To worship Jesus is our life. To pray is our life. His word is our life. I don't want it just to be something I do one day a week to make myself feel better. It's my life. When I don't have his word, I begin to run dry. When I don't have his presence, I begin to run dry. When I don't hear his voice, I don't know what to do. He said, without me, you can't do anything. And I don't want to learn how to do things with him only in certain parts of my life and then have no idea what I'm doing the rest of my life. I want 
to be led by Him in everything that I do. I want to take those moments and apply them everywhere in my life. I want to drive and pray. I want to work and pray. I want to live and pray. I want to have fun and pray. I want to pray. 40 hour prayer, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if 40 hour prayer is for me. I don't know if I should be coming to prayers or I don't know if I should be involved there or involved here. Jesus said, I don't want you visiting me. I want you to abide in me. And this is what will happen when you abide in me. You will produce. You will. Guys, you will produce lasting fruit. And my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Can we stand together this morning? send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. This morning, I want to pray. I want to pray for, for everyone, but specifically those who this year, like never before, have a desire to learn how to abide in Him in everything they do in their life. Maybe you have goals for business, dreams that you want to accomplish, places you want to visit, people that you want to grow in a relationship with. There's things this year that you want to accomplish with God. There's things that you want to accomplish in your personal life. My prayer and my invitation this morning that you would open your heart to learn Give yourself to learn how to abide in Him. He gives us options. You abide in me by obeying my commandments. You abide in me by obeying my words. You abide, you abide in me by abiding in my word. You abide in me by the Spirit of God that leads you. You abide in me by loving your neighbor. He gives us so many options of learning how to abide. I want to pray for you this morning. Whatever this year you have your target, your eyes on, kind of a target for you, what you want to accomplish, I want to invite you this morning to pray, asking God to help you, to give you grace, to teach you how to abide in Him and everything that you do. Father, I thank you so much for every person here this morning. And we pray right now for one another. We pray for those also, God, that are not, we're not able to be here but are watching us online. And we pray for every individual. Whatever this year holds, whatever is ahead for us, Lord, we 
desire. We desire to abide in you. It's our responsibility. My neighbor can't do this for me. My pastor can't do this for me. My friend can't do this for me. Lord, I desire to learn how to abide in you. How to abide in you when I'm raising kids. How to abide in you when I'm working. How to abide in you when I'm traveling or visiting places. How to abide in you when I'm at home. How to abide in you on the road. How to abide in you in every place that I might find myself this year. I want to abide in you, Lord. We pray, we pray right now, Lord, help us. We open up our heart to you, Holy Spirit. Lead us, lead us. We don't want to find ourselves like the disciples, screaming and running around, asking where you are or why you don't care. You are on our boat. You are in our life. And we want to learn how to abide, how to abide in you amidst storms, how to abide in you amidst hardship, how to abide in you amidst success that we might have or loss that we might have, how to abide in you in every season of this year, every season that this year might bring. In Jesus' mighty name. If you would like prayer this morning, making a decision this morning to abide in Him in this year, whatever goals you might have or things you might want to achieve, you want to learn how to abide in Him in everything that you do, that He would be in your relationships, in your friendships, in your work, in your career, in all that you might experience and go through this year that you desire first and foremost to learn how to abide in Him. I want to invite you forward as we begin to sing and we're going to pray for you. In Jesus' mighty name. want to invite any any person here man or woman any person here that really got knocked out out of place last year and you're going into this year and you don't know where you are you are afraid you're doubting you're not certain even of your salvation maybe maybe there was even a turning away from God or a compromise where things things came into your life that you didn't expect last year and you're going through a heart season and this year just started. This year, God wants to bring you into a fresh season, a fresh season of relationship and joy and peace and love. The Holy Spirit is drawing you this morning, inviting you, inviting you to Him. The Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. He wants to lead you into freedom. He wants to lead you into purpose. He wants to lead you into true joy happiness and peace. If you're here this morning, you need to give your life to the Lord. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You need to get back to where He wants you to be. I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for you. Church, come on. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's lift our voice this morning to Him. Shut up my